0: Ladies and the few gentlemen that often join us in the podcast for The Working Girl, it's a true pleasure and honor um, to introduce to you today, Pastor Mildred O'Connor. Now, before you give her a virtual clap, you know, I just want to tell you who she is and obviously why we are having her. So she's the co-pastor of David Christian Center. Um, but that's not all she is. She really is um, the founder of the Just Us Girls, um, is a female focused initiative. But I think more than that, you know, is the many videos, you know, I get in my WhatsApp groups, and I belong to many, you know, that I say, do you know this woman? She speaks so honestly. Do you know this woman? She speaks quite frankly, you know, and I'm thinking, well, we can do it some of, you know, all that frank talk. And you will agree with me that in these days where you know, relativism is, is such a big deal. It's great to see someone who speaks so frankly. So without much ado, Pastor Mildred, very happy to ECU. you. Welcome.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. It's so good to be here. You've made it happen. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
0: Lovely. So we'll go straight into it. And I'm sure that, you know, um, we would have time, you know, to, to go back to the work that that you do. But, you know, I thought that I'd have you here to discuss what I find to be a very pertinent issue, which is you and your partner. And if I can contextualize it, it is the working girl and her partner. The working girl and her husband. Let's, let's make it right. So I think, is, I think the first question for me is, you know, do you think that women sufficiently give, you know, focus to their work? as a discussion point, you know, when they're choosing partners.
1: Mm. Okay. Thank you. Um, thank you Kiri, for asking that question, because I think that a lot of women do not. And I also think it's because of the narrative of women are more home and, and relationship oriented. So they kind of make it seem like once you get into a relationship or you're about to get into a relationship, uh-huh. you're all your logical and your work side just goes out the window because you want to get married. Um, And sometimes you're also made to believe that you can't have both worlds, that you have to choose one. So Uh. diminish your star, um, dull your shine, reduce your worth, whatever it takes to get a man, you know. Uh. So I think that most times um, women would say, would think that they would sort it out when they've crossed the other side. So when I get married, I will get my husband to tag along or I'll get him to agree to whatever. But this is what I need to do now, get him to marry me. So I'll be Uh anything he wants me to be um, Uh as long as I get him to marry me. While men, on the other hand, are very different. A man Uh puts his work out there first. Um, Uh And I am a relationship coach. So over the years, I've seen this happen a lot where people just get into a relationship and they don't have those conversations where Uh, uh, when we get married am i am i going to work is it okay uh um is my Uh work important um i didn't go through school get a master's Uh degree and do all of this just to sacrifice it on the altar of marriage Uh Um, i had dreams when i went to school i had Uh i had plans i had goals and i don't Uh have to diminish those goals just to be Uh uh-huh (laughs) uh-huh just to uh-huh. be the kind of um, uh-huh. the kind of wife you want me to uh-huh. be so I think right. that most people don't have those conversations, most ladies don't uh-huh. have those conversations and they should because it's so important, uh-huh. you don't know what's going to happen on the other side if you don't have those conversations, men don't read minds um, they uh-huh. read newspapers as they say so <laughs> n- nobody's going to know <laughs> what it is that you want except you ask for it and so a lot of women make sacrifices nobody asks so she's saying oh but I gave this up and the guy's saying I never asked you to give that up if you wanted to work that's fine if you wanted to live outside the country that's fine if you wanted to make some decisions for you you should have had those conversations so I think that yes women do not have those conversations a lot of times they're very starry eyed a lot of times they're just thinking about oh once I once I just get married then we'll fix it but you have to fix it before you get married
0: hey. You see, we already started and I'm giggling from being starry-eyed to men not, you know, being mind readers. It's so hard not to giggle when we hear where we get these easy nuggets, you know, that are very easily dropped. So so I agree with you. I agree with you, especially, you know, on the on the being starry-eyed. Um, and I think therefore if I step back, it looks to me like communication is also part of the issue. So Maybe is how can you guide or how can, you know, young working girls be guided in having these types of conversations? You know, how, what should they, how should they table it or how should it be discussed? How would you, you know, encourage someone to, 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 to discuss this and have the outcome that they desire?
1: Okay, so first of all, I think that people need to get information about the opposite sex and how to um, communicate properly. So a lot of women are are largely, not all women, but largely most women are more emotional than men. And so they're thinking, oh, we're going to live happily ever after. And the truth is, we can't really, they can't really blame us. I mean, no one can blame us because that's what most girls were brought up on. So on fairy tales, on romance novels, on movies like that. So all we're thinking about is a a certain prince charming coming to rescue us. And once he comes on the scene in his white horse and you know we let down our bone straight hair or you know know, the mouth can just come to us and save us but that's never really the reality a man is planning to get married to you, and he's thinking i'm going to have bills to pay and i'm looking for who's going to work with me over the years i've heard that men are more transactional when it comes to marriage and women are more emotional So a man is thinking about what he needs. He's marrying you because he needs something. A woman is marrying Uh you because she loves you even if you can't meet any of her needs. She's hoping Uh that when we get married, we'll sort it all out. So Uh I think you need to get information about, first of all, how men think secondly you need to know the right questions to ask okay Uh so a man wants to get married to you and sometimes when i'm in counseling -counseling, pre-counseling pre-marriage counseling with some of these ladies Uh i start to ask them have you had the conversation about what you want to do with your life it's okay Uh to table your dreams and goals and not just onto his every word so he says oh i would like to travel abroad you have a plan to run for for um For some political office in Nigeria or Uh any other part of the world, the man is planning something, and you haven't even brought that on the table. Um, Uh he He's thinking, oh, I want a woman who's going to stay at home and have babies for me. And you're just saying, oh, yes. Whatever he says, you say, yes, I I like my women this way. You say, yes, I like my women with short hair. You cut your long, lush, full hair just because that's what he likes. Oh, I like women that eat cockroaches. You say, oh, yes, I eat them sometimes. Whatever he says, you are just okay. (laughs) But you should have real conversations because you are handing over your life. Half the time, I think that if women would treat marriage the way they would a job you don't go into a job and not negotiate for the best things if you're a working Uh, girl if you were to apply for a job once they give you your jd you even know whether it's the kind of job you want or not so once you're having that kind of conversation you should be asking for your jd as well what are you expecting from me when we get married if this isn't what you're expecting then this is not the job for me then Uh, are you going to give me what i'm worth the respect because uh, in marriage what you are paid is respect and love you're not uh, necessarily paid money but uh, respect and love are you going to give me that are you going to give me your time are you going to speak my love language are you going to be available to me as well so that i'm not uh, just giving and giving and getting nothing in return so when uh, it comes to marriage i think that the working girl should treat it like getting a job as well because it is a job
0: uh, uh, okay uh, so
1: i think that's the thing if you can put that at the back of your mind the way you will be business-minded and more um you know articulate and um you know um i don't know the word now but you know you 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 deal with getting the job with clarity you don't just feel your way to a job you don't just say oh i feel good about this job you get some certain questions you will ask even when you're uh-huh. being interviewed, they'll ask you, do you have any questions? You too, if you have questions, right. you will ask. You'd like to know. And sometimes I you have, it. you do some investigation. You would ask people who have probably worked there or who have left the office, who resigned uh-huh. or something. Why right. did you leave that place? So if, uh-huh. if you can ask a few questions about this person, you're going to get married to, because the truth is people can say whatever you want. They want, they think you want to hear when it comes uh-huh. to marriage. So when uh-huh. it comes to marriage, I think treat it also the way you would treat a job. If the terms and the conditions don't work for you, then don't go ahead with them. Also say where you see yourself in the next 10, five years. Be sure that your paths are aligned. Uh It's not just, we're not just here to build his dreams alone. When you get Uh the job, you want to build the organization's dreams, but you also have dreams and goals for your own career. You know, Uh the career path that you want to take. Is this the marriage path you want to take? women uh. are just more emotional oh i love him you love him but he wants to stay at home mom he wants to stay at home mom and you don't want to be a stay at home mom uh. you have a path that you have and for yourself from your first year in university so why uh. are you going to throw all that away for in quotes what you call love which is never really loved to be honest uh. so i think you know understanding who you're dealing with uh-huh. Um, secondly, asking the right questions and thirdly, uh-huh. treating it like a job the way you would a job uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. and then I think it, I think most people, and then please put your dreams out there, it's important that you put your dreams out there, uh-huh. this is what I also want to achieve, this is what I plan for my life, the bible right. says you know, and, I, and I'm a Christian and a pastor so I would always draw everything I do from the word right. of God, it says right. that two cannot work together except they be agreed if both uh-huh. of us don't agree we don't it doesn't seem like we're going the same way why am i going with you Uh so these are some of the questions that we need to ask ourselves why am Uh i heading that way if that's not the way you are um, meant to be going so having Uh more you know having those kind of conversations um Uh as they say relationship or relationship period is not a time for intercourse it's a time for interview it's a time to ask some pertinent questions because When you get married, you're going to be expected to give a lot. You need to know whether it's worth it and whether it's what you signed up for.
0: Mm. Mm. And it's, I mean, you've just made, you know, such pertinent points. And look, I think the strongest for me is, you know, thinking about it as you would a job, you know, thinking about the JD. I think the most interesting for me is the is at the end of the interview where they say, do you, do you have any questions? you know, and then you ask your questions. But you know, this is so important. And I think, you know, uh, the other person that had ever say this or this had ever come from was my husband when someone had come, a young person, you know, had come to us to say um she wanted to marry someone, a relative, and my husband I said, Okay, go write it out, you know, write out the pros and cons, you know, the positives yeah. and negatives. and I said, I used to why? I mean, is this an exam. Why are you? Do, let's just hear him. He's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> so then I asked him. I said, so did you write your own? He says, so you didn't write your own. I said, Maybe. <laughs> so, so I hear you. I hear you, and even more so because obviously a job can be five to six months, ten years, you know. But this marriage we're discussing is for yeah. a lifetime. You know, That's a powerful point. And I'd like you know everyone to pay you know, good attention to it. So, thanks, Pastor Mildred. I'm going to transition you into the marriage. And it is a case of... Oh, no, no, no. Before I transition you to the marriage, I just want to talk about the last thing you said that is so powerful, which is talk about your dreams, your own, your Mm -hmm. own dreams. Mm I love it. And, you know, having political ambitions and just not talking about it. And he decides he wants to relocate to Canada and you deciding suddenly that Mm -hmm. Canada is great. We're not saying don't go with your husband, but what is your mm-hmm. own
1: truth? you
0: know, for yourself. Also powerful. Thanks, um, for those. So I'm going to transition you into um, now that we are married, and there are two things that um, I'd like to ask about. I think one is to ask about the famous balance question. Um, I remember going to speak at a really large forum. It had over over 200 um, ladies from different. I'm part of the continent and an Asian girl who was there said to me, you know, I'm struggling. I'm really struggling at work. I'm trying to be, you know, a star performer. It's taking all of my energy. And at home, my husband thinks I'm not giving him sufficient attention. So I'm going to transpose you into that speaking, Grana. You are the speaker. They have asked you this question. How are we going to help? How are you going to help this young girl?
1: Okay, so um, interestingly, this is the question that comes up a lot with women, because we we are kind of created to take on a lot. Um, so whether you like it or not, somehow we always evolve. You start out as a daughter, probably evolve to a sister, or if you, you become a sister, once you meet an elder one or a younger one. And then, of course, you now get married, you become a wife, then you become a mother um or if you have a job you become someone's staff or someone's boss you're an entrepreneur whatever you find yourself just managing so many roles and sometimes it can be exhausting because you feel like you're dropping some balls um so i find i find it i find people ask this question a lot now for me one of the major major things i do is i prioritize and my life still gets really busy this busy um so for me i I run, um, I, I actually, I passed over my husband, um, uh-huh. to centers and I'm very hands-on. So for a, excuse me, for a long time, I was the, um, the admin pastor of the church as well as a teaching pastor and then of Uh course there's just those girls global network which you know Uh has a lot of expression so there's the hannah's heart for those trusting god for children or dealing with infertility issues then there's kyle which is for married women then i also run project beautiful for single girls university outreaches um then project girl and boy for kids between the ages of five and twelve and so i mean then there's also rootscape for single moms and then we have a school which i also run um so there's quite a lot and then i'm a mom of very young kids so my youngest uh-huh. is five my oldest is ten she just turned ten um uh-huh. and then of course i'm a wife <laughs> and a very um very needed wife because my husband, <laughs> my husband i'm literally my husband's handbag and then of course we we have speaking engagements here and there so in if, fact if in the last one month i have uh-huh. been almost i mean i first of all flew to lorraine then to yod and to abuja then to um and i mean we've all been everywhere you can imagine so all of that can become a bit too much because i'm doing all of uh-huh. this at the same time i find that women are like that men usually uh-huh. we do one thing at a time women are kind of trained i don't know margot says we are born to multitask but, but i think we're trained <laughs> i think we're trained to multitask because Right. Life life just throws things at us. So usually the question is how do I do all of this without dropping balls? I don't know. I hear say a lot about work-life balance. I don't know if you can balance it all. Okay. I do know that you can try to manage things so that some things don't suffer too much. So what do I do? Personally, first thing I do is I prioritize. Okay. So I try to find the things that need to be done urgently and they are very uh-huh. important. Okay. Uh-huh. So of course there's the whole quadrant thing where you do the urgent and important, the urgent uh-huh. or not important, and you know the whole thing. So um I try to prioritize, but I also try to figure out the things that only I can do and the things I need to delegate. Uh-huh. Okay. So sometimes because you're trying to be a superwoman at work, you might uh-huh. try to do everything yourself. Um, it might be okay to share some of the glory share some of the shine Uh okay by delegating to other people and letting them shine it's okay sometimes we Uh think especially depends on the environment you're in um if you're in Uh an environment like nigeria for instance where people Uh feel like if you let people share the space with you um it seems Uh like you know um you failed Everybody wants uh, to do things on their own, but it's okay uh-huh. to let other people also stand Spam. on your shoulder. Oh, stand side by side with you.
0: It's called the stand mentality, Pastor Mildred, That not help interrupt. It's called the it
1: stand yeah. mentality. Yeah. Yes, we want to shine alone, but it's actually uh. okay to have someone, a colleague, or even a subordinate, actually share the work and give them the glory for that. It's fine, you know. Uh. You know, being able to even mentor people. To be as good as you is a great thing, but we seem to feel like once we do that, we lose relevance. So for uh, me, I've learned I've learned that there are some things that only I can do and there are things I must uh, dedicate. So um uh, I've also learned, I've also learned that people are important. If you're going to try to uh, balance your life, you must take advantage. No, not take advantage, you must um appreciate the fact that. Uh, People will come into your life now. Because sometimes when you say take advantage, people now think of I try taking advantage of people. What I was going to uh, say was take advantage of the blessing of people in your life. Uh, there are things that uh, I can't be everywhere. So when I was traveling, I had to call my younger sister, for instance, to stand in for me with my kids. I uh, knew that it was it would be okay for her to parent them at that time. So she came uh-huh. in, you know, she flew in from Potarkot and came and stayed with them. And the kids didn't miss me so much because, oh, Auntie DJ is around you know and that that was fine and i knew that they would have everything she would do their homework with them and then you know um just having a presence me a presence somebody i can trust made me comfortable uh, so get you you know taking advantage of the fact that there are people that you can use in your life people that can help you people that can work with you so i'm saying this for the home front but i'm also saying it in the office sometimes uh-huh. that you know um that colleague can give you an idea that can make your life easier you don't necessarily have to do everything on your own so people uh-huh. um is important to me also um i think that if if there are things you can pay for um to be done uh-huh. then pay for them uh-huh. okay uh-huh. don't try to do everything uh-huh. yourself i don't know like you said i think it's that's that star thing we just want to uh-huh. we think that we should be super women uh-huh uh-huh And sometimes being a superwoman is not necessarily the fact that you're doing it all on your own. Uh So, I'll give you a classic example. So, once Uh when I first got married, and I was brought up to think that when you get married, you need to do everything for your husband. So, you must do Uh make all his meals, you must make sure the house is clean by yourself, you must like, you can't even buy um, pre cuts. Or pre-washed groceries. So you can't go outside and buy um vegetables cut You have to cut everything yourself. You can't, you can't buy pre-packaged anything. Can't you, can't... <laughs> you can't, you know. So i I mean it's, it was crazy. Everything, my mom would just say, you are lazy. How can you get oh. them to cut the vegetables in the market? How can you not wash your bital yourself? How can you know she just went on and on? And so I grew up with that mindset. You cook for your husband. You serve all his meals. You make sure the house is clean. You do Uh everything. And yet I was Uh working. I would be Uh in the office. I would do school runs in the morning, drop my kids off. And I was living on the island and working on the mainland. And because of that, Uh my children were schooling on the mainland so that I could drop them and pick them and Uh keep them in the office with me. And then we would close together. And then I'll come home. And it was just a roller coaster. One day, my husband said something Uh to me. He said, you're going to die before your time honestly I, couldn't, I honestly couldn't understand what he meant at first, but he said, he uh-huh. said, you know I know you're trying to do all of these things for me, he said the interesting uh-huh. thing is I know you are doing all these things for me but it will be uh-huh. harder for me if I lose you and have to find someone else and I'm not sure I can find someone else like you he said, so uh-huh. you need to ask yourself what's really important and I know you are doing this for me but ask me, have you asked me what I need I know what you were to believe I need, but have you asked me what I need? And so, uh-huh. for the first time, I think it was like a fourth or fifth year into marriage or something, uh-huh. was when I asked him, "What do you need?" He said, "Anyone can clean the house. Anyone <laughs> can even, you know, boil rice, jam the uh-huh. beans, or whatever. Anyone can do those things." but i need a ministry partner someone that i say oh this is what i want to do and she can analyze and come up with uh-huh. strategies for us to do this said i want you to uh-huh. be my work body more than anything so right. that's the main thing that's important to me someone i can have uh-huh. conversations i want a friend i know not really want you to cook all my meals i would appreciate uh-huh. it if you can but i know you can not so choose what's important uh-huh. to me and so i uh-huh. i found out that i was doing all these things but i never really asked him what, what he needed. So sometimes we need to ask ourselves some of the things we're doing who put it on us that's what's draining you the things that you're not even supposed to be doing that you think you should so sometimes we put on so much on ourselves and no one asked you for these things so you, you're doing all of that and then you get to church oh we need someone in the choir oh I'll do it oh we need somebody to pack the cars. oh I'll do it we need someone you are offering to do things that no one even asked of you uh-huh. I found a scripture in the Bible that set me free forever. The Bible right. says about Jesus that he did—he only did what he saw the father do. And he only said what he heard the father say. Uh-huh. And that was fascinating to me because Jesus could do anything. Meaning Jesus could uh-huh. have walked on the street and every single leper Truth. he could have healed. Every single sick person he could have healed. Every uh-huh. blind, every lame he could have healed. But he only healed the ones he had seen his father heal in heaven. Uh-huh. Which means that he was Because it had been done in heaven, it was easy for Uh him to do here. So he was someone who who lived a disciplined life. The question Uh is just because you can, should you? Right. So that helped me streamline some of the things I was doing. Oh, Uh they need somebody in children's church. Because I can. Doesn't mean I should. Maybe I should give someone else a chance to do this. And if they're not doing it exactly the way I want to, I can probably train and offer suggestions and still Uh allow them you know do what they need to do take into consideration Uh the suggestions i've given them Uh so i found that a lot of women take on things that nobody's even asked them for so i would have Uh literally killed myself trying to be the perfect wife when i was Uh already the perfect wife and i didn't need to do all those things so i started Uh getting help i started paying for certain things you know i don't uh-huh. i don't remember that time i stepped into a market or a supermarket to be honest uh-huh. i oh, there are many people who do all this sh- um they have personal shoppers they do all your shopping for you i can if i can afford to pay for it now it doesn't make uh-huh. me more of a woman when i get involved in those things so right. being able to prioritize knowing when to delegate knowing when to step back from some things knowing when to stop and then finding your personal peace Whatever works uh-huh. for you for me, prayer, meditation, whatever works for you as a, a, a person, you need to do that uh-huh. because when you are a healthy person, when you're at peace with yourself, then you can uh-huh. see clearly and then you can uh-huh. juggle those balls better. So that's what I uh-huh. think. I think prioritizing is key, delegating is key, paying for the things you can pay and doing the things you can do is also key. Uh-huh. So so
0: so so thanks, Pastor Mildred. Um I, I really think you my most, um, the strongest point you made for me is asking your partner, you know, what type of partner he wants as well. I think that was the most powerful one for me. Otherwise, you really are doing unassigned tasks. So perhaps, yeah. alongside all of, you know, what you said, the same way you said to Kingsley, what type of partner are you looking for? Or the same mm-hmm. way he said to, you. have you asked yeah. me? I yeah. think, you know, you should go and ask her partner, what are you wanting? He may not mm-hmm. be wanting to in the end or maybe doing the things that she doesn't consider very important so um, I think that's you know quite a strong response and I mean I know that's months now when I responded to her but if I'm ever in touch with her again, or if she does listen to this podcast um, it'll be great that she takes this really powerful lesson So, so Pastor Mildred I'm going to move you on to you know something else that I find very intriguing Look, I think maybe because you know, in the course of my work, I've also worked with um, you know very, very strong and powerful women, powerful in terms of position and influence, and um, powerful you know also in terms of perhaps resources. And one of the things I find very amusing is you know people would say to me, um, "You know, she's such a she's such a big woman. How does her husband manage her?" <laughs> I want to ask. You, yes, I find it so amazing so amusing actually. I remember somebody asking um michelle obama you know how she manages her husband at home mm-hmm. i mean the dentist and he <laughs> said i remember him saying oh, i i don't understand that question because once he gets to the door the other wing you know the white house whatever we then he's really Barack. he's not anything else yeah. so that <laughs> is so you how would you you know advise those women who are struggling and feeling like you know my influence is so i'm really the boss of me as my children would say. the boss of various at work you know how can i you know then manage my husband you know at home how would i navigate how would i do the switch you know from the boss of various i mean just just how does she navigate so she's also successful at home
1: okay i think that the dynamics are very different home and work is very different so in the office everyone says to me yes ma'am yes ma'am yes ma'am what do you need ma'am yes ma'am no question asked asked most times uh, but at home i realized that there's an order okay uh-huh. and um a lot of times people argue about things like um submission why should somebody even say women should submit and all of that and the truth is i'm very vocal about this because i think that it causes a lot of problems in people's homes i don't think it's a question of value i don't even think uh-huh. it's a question of equality i think it's just a question of order uh-huh. so when you when you get home um you you understand that as the wife, um, you get to take second place. So he's the president, you're the vice president, and uh-huh. the vice president is is important, just as in, probably just as important, and probably even more intelligent. However, uh-huh. for the sake of order, okay, so that there will be peace at home, and we must understand that one of the major needs of every man is respect. Yes, they have a lot of other needs but respect everyone wants to be king of his own castle and that's not to say that he should now lord it over you and that's where for me picking the right person in the very first instance is the most important thing when you Uh pick a man who loves you and respects you and regards you and sees that yes in your own right you're important and a valuable human being but that you offer submission to him So submission is not something that is forced. It's not coerced. It's not coming from you by force. If it's taken by force, then it's no longer submission. So when, when you're in the office, you can be everything, you know, um, be, be in charge. But when you get home and you're married, okay, once you're a married woman, then Uh dynamics totally change at home. You need to still treat your husband with respect. It's like having Uh a boss at home. If you, Uh if you have a boss in the office and you treat him with respect, when you get home, you have a boss as well. Just because the boss at home is, you know, you, you it's more personal. You've you've seen him naked, you've seen him sick, you've seen him at his weakest. Doesn't still negate the fact that he's still your boss. So you still have to that him of respect when you get home. So no matter how great you are, I think that when you come home, we need to understand that that for the sake of order, um, you should still treat your husband with respect and with honor. Um, for me. Um, I know that sometimes people say things like, oh, Bobas King says your pastor as well, but you must understand that he was also my classmate. So we're huh. classmates in secondary school. Oh, so,
0: really?
1: And he's, yes, we're classmates in secondary school. Um, even though we're not friends in secondary school, because I was born again and he wasn't. He was a bad boy. So <laughs> he was one of the boys he would totally avoid.
0: What, what, what manner of superiority am I detecting in your voice? He was born again. <laughs> he was born again and he wasn't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god but no i know he was just not the kind of guy you wanted to do anything with you didn't want to have anything to do with him at all yeah so he was just the kind of guy I with. So, so we're not friends but he was my classmate um right. so we're mates you know what i mean so it's not because sometimes right. when i say to people like "Hey, but he's your pastor now what will you do i don't think that you respect your pastor more than you respect your husband I don't think so. Because I think that your husband is your priest and your own pastor in your house. Right. So whatever respect, and, and and I use this example a lot of times. When women say things like, oh, my husband was annoying me, so I gave it to him. I say, when your pastor annoys you, I don't hear you give it to him in church. And they say, oh, but that's pastor. But your husband is your pastor as well. So if you can't give it to your pastor in church, why would you give it to your pastor in the home? Uh, and they're like, oh, I never saw it that way. So that's the problem. Perspective. How do you see uh, this man in the house? If you treat your uh-huh. boss with respect in the office, you treat your pastor with respect in church. This man is both your uh-huh. boss and your pastor at home. So you should treat him uh-huh. with even more respect. Uh-huh. So um, I think I think that no matter how great you are out there, when you come home, um, you should still be able to honor and treat your husband with respect um so also with the issue of submission i need to say this as the word implies okay submission so it just Uh means that you're putting your own mission in subjection of the mission marriage it's not necessarily Uh like god doesn't expect us to go or you know go everywhere on the road and just submit to any man no Uh once you've chosen to marry this man make his job easier submit to him like this i always give this analogy it's like getting into a car um uh-huh. you want to go on a trip a road trip and then uh-huh. you get into someone's car a taxi or something and uh-huh. you sit into the car i don't see in fact i really i've never seen it where you get into the car and you say oh this person is driving badly and then you start to struggle with the steering, even though uh-huh. you're on the passage that doesn't happen but that's exactly uh-huh. what you do in marriage when you are trying to um struggle with your husband any decision he makes you say no i'm not going to have this we should have conversations about what uh-huh. we want to do and let him take the lead that's the what submission is so if you sit in that car and uh-huh. struggle with staring one of two things will happen either you have an accident uh, uh. either you have an accident or the person is able to overpower you and keep your hand at bay and then just keep driving badly so i usually say to women it's either you don't get into that car okay choose the car wow. that you can drive her. or you sit there and sit quietly and just pray keep praying you make the journey wow. so either way you will need to make a decision so if you're going to get married then you're choosing to submit you're choosing wow. to treat your husband with respect no matter how great you are out there your husband is still supposed to be seen as greater so for me wow. i personally think that no matter how great you are, i think you should honor your husband when you get home um you may not necessarily and that's up to you the conversation you guys have i find it i find it a joy to serve my husband so i like to serve i maybe i'm just that kind of person i like to serve him his meals i like to do stuff for him because that's his love language um i like to pick out his clothes i like to do all those things when i have the chance and because i don't do them as often as when we first got married because i'm busier um i i actually look forward to it that doesn't make me less than him doesn't mean i'm less important it doesn't even mean that when we pray god will answer his prayers more than he answers mine we're both uh-huh. valuable in god's eyes but just so uh-huh. that there's order in the home um there are no no accidents that's why uh-huh. i think when you go home you need to just be able to make that switch i think it's uh-huh. a mindset. you need to you need to make that mental switch that once i get uh-huh. to the door i am no longer madam i'm now missing someone i'm someone's wife and i'm here uh-huh. to you know i am be part of something so i can't just come up with all my you know i do you know who i am in the office you can't talk to me like that all of these things in the office when we get home when we get home you are just mildred married to kingsley it's no it's not pastor m it's not mama it's not a uh, madam nothing i'm just mildred
0: <laughs> yeah yeah, I hear you, and and even though you've made, um, you know, very insightful points, I like the analogy about driving the car and, you know, struggling with the steering. But I guess also because the podcast is not just purely um, faith-based, you will find yeah. some people who, are some who will be arguing it down and yeah. asking me to connect to you because they have a different viewpoint. People are constantly, we just yeah. live in a world of uh, you know um disagreeing voices and
1: everyone
0: is mm. a lot of challenging going on so i just want to say as much mm. as i agree you're gonna get people who don't agree so wait for
1: it it's coming oh, oh yeah <laughs> yes i actually i i know that i know that a lot of people don't agree which is why i didn't go into ha- the bible and saying what the bible yeah. says because i mean not everyone is listening is a christian mm. um and this is not a faith-based pos- podcast like you said but i mean common sense pure common sense why don't we why don't we just go to the office and decide I don't like what my boss is doing and just decide to take over his office and start that's just what I'm saying if you're not going to do that in the office why are you going to do that at home Uh you Uh you'll find other creative ways to pass across Uh your idea not to go into barge into his office and start shouting I don't care who I don't care how many levels you are above me I think that you're making a stupid mistake I think what Uh you're doing is stupid and I'm not going to stand for it we don't do that in the office no we don't and it's really really because of our perspective we think Mm. that this is a place of order your home too should be a place of order we shouldn't Uh do that oh i don't want other people in the office what about your children your children are in your home office as well they shouldn't Uh see you you can have conversations and i always say if you pick right if you marry the right person you won't Uh have these conversations about oh i don't like the way my no you would be so happy with the way this person
0: is yeah. treating
1: you, that you will want to reciprocate. So this is really about love and respect and value. For me, that's what the submission thing is about. Usually, women who fight and argue about these things are women who their husbands are also treating them badly. Uh. Or they think that their husbands are not smart in decisions that he's making. But you have bosses who... And and I used, I used to work... I mean, I walked a regular career path before I got into ministry, Uh so I know Uh what it's like to have your bosses make bad decisions, sometimes even owe you salaries, but people Uh stay there. They don't even treat their bosses as badly as they treat Uh their spouse. So for Uh me, it's not even about um, whether this is a Christian concept or a faith-based concept. Uh I'm just saying Uh common sense shows that Uh we get more done if there's order.
0: Correct correct. I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you. And I mean, it's on the basis of order that, you know, lots of corporates have several governance committees. There's a committee that is looking into reward and benefit, risk and compliance, you know, all sorts of committees. So it simply is home governance. And I completely agree with you um, You know, on that. Um, look, I think for me, there also are other pertinent issues. And you, you know it's things like and this is when you hear people come back you know people would say um, you know but he's not respecting me but you know the analogy you give about the workplace is so um, it's so um, vivid because, you know, sometimes the boss, you know, you know, for whom you are paying a lot of business to is not respecting you either. Yes. But you're not returning it, you know, you're not bring, batting it with the tennis ball and giving mm-hmm. it back to him. Mm-hmm. You know, you're serving it or approaching it in a different manner. A different so way. It's, yeah. I hear you when you say about know, perspective. I couldn't, couldn't, you know, agree more. Look, I, I'd like to just ask around growing together. And I mean, you're a relationship coach, but you know that if you're doing any career coaching, people just, um, I always say to them, I'm not a therapist. I'm only just talking to you about your career. But they put everything in one ball, they roll it together and they leave it on your table. And I'm just sharing one of the things you know, that I've seen. And you know, someone had come to me, she had talked about her work, talked about her work, and then somewhere she was rising in her career and explaining a few you know difficulties in the course of work and then sometimes some way she sauntered into her home but long and short of what i deduced from what she was saying is that she was growing and her husband wasn't growing at the same pace um so she was in investment banking she had made you know lots of advancement in her career she was closing huge deals and therefore the sorts of conversations you know she was listening to and having we're now becoming heads and shoulders above her husband. So I think is, how do you support growth in that type of circumstance? How do you support growth? Because, I mean, we all feel, I say to people, um, you'll be fooled if you don't know that your partner knows, you know, your boss, the cleaner, everyone in your office. That's how life rolls. You're constantly talking about work and vice versa. So is how can you encourage that type of person what would she do so that the growth is, you know, it's coming together somewhat. Over to you, Pastor Mel.
1: Okay, so I, I like the fact that you said somewhat, because I can't guarantee her, <laughs> I can't guarantee her that it will be at the same pace. And a lot of factors come to play here. So there's uh, the personality issues, um, and the fact that the truth is opposites usually attract. So every time every time in fact most times my husband and I were just having that conversation the other day that most times you find that the things that cause problems the most in our counseling sessions is when people are so different so this Uh. is really what happens there are three stages in marriage so the beginning stage which is the first stage is called the attraction stage and so that's Uh the stage where opposites would attract so I'm more outgoing more driven um more career-minded and then I meet someone who's very laid-back going and he's fascinated by how driven i am and i'm fascinated by how easy going how he likes to enjoy life and just chill uh or i'm i'm very um extroverted i enter a room mouth first and i meet someone who just enters a room and she stays in one corner throughout the party she's not moving i'm just fascinated by how can someone be so quiet and she's fascinated by oh how can somebody be so outspoken he just says what he means no filters he's just he's great oh god and everybody loves him and then they hook up and then they get married and then they move to the second phase, which is the frustration phase and this stage is usually the stage where most people either get get a divorce they break up or some infidelity creeps in because the person now each person is looking for um satisfaction elsewhere and so that's Uh where the person who who felt oh this person was so driven and i really admire that just thinking how can everything you think about be work 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 what about the family and you are thinking why are you not growing you just you're content for me to pay Uh bills you're content for me to just be be shining and you're there i don't want a husband Uh that just turns along and so everybody's fighting and then the one who's outgoing things why are you so quiet you don't talk you don't move you're so boring and then the other person is thinking why can't you just keep quiet why are you always talking you're not the only one with an opinion in the room and everyone is fighting now that usually is the stage like I said where lots of people break up their marriages But if you can work through it with the right tools with counseling with you know um you can get to the third stage which is the exchange stage and that usually is the stage where you enter the cruise level where um and then usually that's the stage where your kids kind of start to blend you guys out so you notice that okay so i'll use me and my husband as an example when i met my uh-huh. husband he was very outgoing very playful very adventurous he wanted to do everything bungee jumping skydiving everything crazy um, he will go um, bike riding in, a, in Abu Dhabi for days. He would go to man, all kinds of things. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, on the other hand, I'm such a homebody. I like to be in my room. I like to be in my house. Um, a good book, um, a movie here and there. You know, I just, I'm such a homebody. So when I first got married, what would happen is we'd get to church. And right after the service, I'd be in the car waiting for him. And he'd be talking to everyone. Two hours after the service, I'm in the car. My husband is still gisting with people and then he'll come to the car and say, oh no, you're the pastor's wife. You should come out and get to meet people. You can't just sit in the car. This is not how this is done. <laughs> but now, okay, so now we've moved past all those stages that were in the exchange phase. So now when we end this service, my husband is in the car waiting for me and he's wondering, this woman is still talking, let's go home. So sorry. And he's like, let's go home. <laughs> because I'm, I'm doing meetings, people are talking to me. So somehow we've exchanged. When we also met, I was so shy. I couldn't get on the stage for any reason. I felt I was uh-huh. called to help with all the underground work. So he used to call me the engine room of Davis Christian Center. It's like she has all the answers. She, she, she likes to be in the background. But now I find that I'm preaching a lot more. I'm even being invited to minister in places. So now we've uh-huh. exchanged. And my husband is now more of a homebody. So, um, what brought me to all of this is these two people possibly were uh-huh. attracted to each other because of how different they were and uh-huh. as this one person is growing the other person is getting even more laid back and he's not growing at her pace uh-huh. it's becoming more obvious that their personalities are different um, uh-huh. that's one level second thing is some people are just content to be taken care of in other words uh-huh. So, uh-huh. uh, and I've seen this happen in some marriages <laughs> the wife like I said, men are more um more transactional when it comes to marriage. And and I hate to say this, but the truth is that a lot of times they, they get married for selfish reasons. So uh-huh. a man usually would have a list, he would have the pros and cons, like your husband said, because he's not going into this for no reason. He has to get something out of it. So he possibly has seen how driven she is, and they got married and She's, she's bringing in the money. I'm taking the kids. Can you hear me? Uh-huh. Yes, I can. Taking, Go ahead. I mean, so what she can do, um, as much as she doesn't like what's going on, she can have some of these conversations and find out if it's a personality thing, he might lead, need a little push, just a little push. Uh-huh. Um, we've had uh-huh. couples where the man is like, I don't even know why she's making it first. I'm content with where I am. Not to say that uh-huh. if I get a better job, I wouldn't do it, but I just don't have the drive to keep searching and i ask her are you okay with helping him to find you know just a little push to show him um these are job opportunities you can apply or even apply for him and then get him ready to go for his interview all of that are you okay with that and she says yes and they find a middle ground you know so but Uh. left to it's okay she's the one and this is what the man would say to me in counseling she's the one that has a problem with my job i'm okay with where i am i don't want more than this so if she has a problem with it she should fix it and she's upset why did i fix it why shouldn't he want to fix it and i'm like do we want to argue or do we want to solve the problem what Uh. do you both want so if you want so i would say if she can if she can have these conversations or if she thinks that it will be too heated then they can go into counseling you know have a session with a, a relationship counselor who would help them um articulate what each party is saying and come up with tools that they can go choose and solutions um uh, but i would say and i can't guarantee her honestly that they would be at the same pace again
0: but uh, i think
1: we can help him to come up a bit higher um or we can also ask. Why is such a major need for you? Why do you think? Um, can you can you have a friendship that doesn't have anything to do with your careers? Um, uh-huh. Are you can you still be uh, mentally intimate if it's if it doesn't have anything to do with work? Can you still uh-huh. be? Um, intimate can you still be friends because i mean you have friends who don't necessarily have to be the same level maybe they were even childhood Uh friends and you're still friends with them so can we find a way to walk around intimacy because i think that really intimacy is the key in marriage if we're Uh connected um on that level intimately we can survive anything really that's what i think Uh so we can survive anything uh, if we're really good friends and we're really close and connected. Uh, so I think she should have those conversations with him and f- find out what the real issues are and how she can help. Um, but he might not even be aware. That's the honest truth. He might just feel, I'm okay. <laughs> She's the one that has a problem with my job. I'm good. Somebody needs uh, to take him. Somebody needs, he might just be like that I'm about it that everybody doesn't have to be driven. Everything is not about work. I've had those kind of conversations with people.
0: Uh, Thank you, um, um, Pastor Mildred. I mean, I think the only thing out of that that i like to ask them was to go to cancelling. But there's a lot more that, you know, you have said. But there's something that has come through, and I'm thinking, are, we, are women now, you know, boxing themselves in with labels? Um, as an example, you know, on Twitter, um, um, you know, you find people who say, um, my name is... Um, just saying, I'm a sapiosexual, um, which really, you know, is simply trying to infer that, you know, you are only stimulated by mental connections. Mm. And, you know, just listening to you, I'm thinking, are oh, people now boxing themselves, you know, with these labels? Or is it proper to just put it out there to say, I mean, I'm only attracted, you know, to people who can stimulate me mentally. And therefore, if you can't, don't even come near, let's just keep it down. Yeah, I mean, I was going to ask you another question, but I'm only asking this out of what you have said because I was listening to you with my
1: inner ears, if if it makes sense. Um, The other thing is that generations have, I mean, things have changed. Um, Uh We need to understand the social environment that we're in right now. So Uh people feel the need to be more expressive. Um, I don't think these things are new, I just think that they are more vocal about it. Uh, yeah I think there's a generation that's just more vocal about what they need and they're not uh, ready to compromise on that so they're putting it uh, out there now I don't know if it necessarily works uh-huh. um, because some of these people who say these things still sometimes even date the most in fact date the weirdest guys <laughs> um, and still have all these issues so I, um, like I said I think it's the social environment it's causing a lot of people to question a lot of things it almost feels like you know i mean and that's not the only thing people put out there these days they almost make it feel as if competition with men like i need to be a certain way i need to put it out there that i'm a certain way and um being a, it almost feels like being being a human being isn't enough anymore like you need to now put some certain labels i don't i don't even necessarily really want you to i just i want to you know and, and i don't know if those days are past but i enjoy the times where we could just explore and figure it out you know like um, be friends with someone and then enjoy I don't want to just say if you can't stimulate me mentally then don't talk to me uh, I want to even enjoy the process of meeting someone new and let's see where it takes us uh, you know, but now it's, it just seems like if this and I think that you miss a lot of connections because not every relationship must end in a uh, marriage right. or a dating relationship you can Correct. have other relationships that are just pure friendship relationships or you know things like that so honestly i think it's just the social environment that we find ourselves now that's what's causing all these things uh,
0: thanks for Mildred. Pastor mildred i mean i'm trying to be professional and, and stay within the timeline that i'm giving you but <laughs> so i only have two
1: questions.
0: only it's two right. more questions That's right um and and you know it's around so, so, I mean, I mean, I have a group of friends from Ground Zero. Been friends forever, belong to a WhatsApp group. And, you know, we had a huge debate one day. Um, and it was really all around someone who had had a male friend who wasn't her husband. I think probably just two of us unmarried. And, and, you know, she'd locked this relationship all through. And one of them was saying, but it's not true. You can't have these relationships that would last this span and there's nothing in between. And the other one was cross, like, are you funny? How can you even think it? he's just been my friend, you know, for years? And the other one then gave a proverb and said, but a man and a woman can't be friends for years, you know, without anything the word. And so I think, you know, we all were divided. So I think is, you know, how do people put those checks and balances? Um, you know, and especially work, you know, at work, Because you do spend a lot of your hours there um, as a married person. How do you ensure the borders are there so that the lines, you know, are not crossed? You know, what sorts of, um, you know, borders would you put in there so that we're not having that type of argument my friends and I were having and, you know, throwing proverbs?
1: (laughs) Okay. um, Boundaries. Boundaries are so essential at the workplace. Boundaries. They're so important. Uh-huh. um i i think i think time, i mean there, there are lots of ways that you can put this and i don't even know to be honest i don't know which side of the divide i fall on this issue because um, i hear that a lot that men and women can be friends and my mother would say you can't you can't you can't put a goat and yam together and say oh help me watch each other <laughs> by the time you come home eaten each other <laughs> so um i kind of understand where they're coming from with that but I've also had friends, you know, over the years who were just friends. And there was no attraction whatsoever. I, I, I honestly, I would, I, I mean, if somebody was even suggested, I would go, you. <laughs> because it just, it just seemed like a sibling to me. I, I could not, never really. But now I understand that this generation is very sexual. And the, the environment we find ourselves as human beings now is very, very sexual. So I understand also when people are saying things like you can't do that. So in the office space, I would say, um, be very careful. You know, boundaries are so key. And if there's anything you feel like you can't bring up with your spouse, then there's already a problem there. If you have a colleague at work, you can't openly discuss with your spouse at home. Then I think that there's something because, you know, all these things, um, as they say, sin thrives in secrecy. So an affair Uh. will never happen unless there's secrecy. Um, and affair uh-huh. never happens in the in the open um it starts with chats and conversations that are not work related uh-huh. and i think that the office space should be kept that way professional um uh-huh. anything anything that that goes beyond okay so i i, I, I really um i really don't understand when people say they have conversations with their colleagues at 10 10 10 pm my boss sent me a message at 10 p.m even if my uh-huh. boss sends me a message at 10 p.m., I will not respond until the morning. And I know some uh-huh. people say, What well, can you do that? What well, you can do? Just, you can your job. Now. Listen, I'm just, because it just depends on the no, sector I'm, you work Yes, yes. That's what I'm going to say now. That's what I'm going to So I was going there now. I was saying, But you okay. need to be careful. Yes, that's what I was going to say. I was saying, But you need to be careful also because now we even work, the way we work now, there are different time zones. So people can send you messages at any time of the day. But I'm saying that if it's something that isn't even work-related, because I see those things happen.
0: I remember, like I
1: said, I'm the counselor. So people confide in me certain things. Oh, my boss sent me this message. And I said, it's not work-related. How are you having this conversation with your boss at 11 p.m.? And you know it's not work-related. You know, but he's my boss, but it's not work-related. If he sent you uh, something of this, so that's totally different. And that's why I want to draw the balance here. I don't want to say, Oh, don't respond to your boss. I don't want you to lose your job and say, Pastor Mildred said you should not <laughs> respond to your boss. And listen, it's not work-related. And saying So, how are you? You look pretty in that dress. Why are we crossing those lines, sir? And why are you responding to that? That is not even a work. You know, and she's saying, "Oh, Ma, but I don't know. I don't want to enter trouble with him." You, you're already in trouble with him, just in another way. <laughs> Both of you are in trouble because you are overstepping, even with colleagues. You know, anything that isn't professional, don't do it, and then be very clear about the fact that you're married. You know, all your relationship. Some people try to hide that, and so that usually is what puts you in trouble. So, anything that involves secrecy, I can tell you that there'll be a problem. One's the secrecy. If it's something you can't discuss with your spouse, and also when there's any form of attraction, one of the ways to kill it is to have that conversation uh-huh. with your spouse. I know some people say, well, "Oh, you can't say," but if your spouse is your friend, which is what it uh-huh. should be, then there's, there isn't uh-huh. anything you can talk about because that's the one person that should hold you accountable in this life. So, if you feel like, "Oh, uh-huh. the way this person is talking to me," I don't know, I kind of enjoy talking to them maybe too much. I don't uh-huh. know. Your partner should be able to say, "Oh, okay." So that means you can't have, you can't take their calls when you're hiding your phone or doing all those kinds of things. And there's already a problem. So, like I said, if it's something that's not work related, I don't know if you should be having those conversations with your boss. There should be very clear boundaries, but you can be very polite about it. You don't have to be disrespectful. Okay. And, and, and even, even if you, if you are, if you're also a boss, you should be careful about some of those things. I know people say things like, oh, I just complimented her. I don't know some of those things. Oh, so you look nice in that dress. I don't know how that relates to the job she's doing, sir. Um. So I don't know (laughs) if that's the kind of conversation (laughs) we should be having with her. Oh, boy, it was just a compliment. How about complimenting her on a job well done, not what she looked like? You know, so all those kind of things are important. So boundaries, boundaries, making sure there's no secrecy. Those are things that keep you safe in the workspace, in my opinion.
0: Thank you. Look, I think is is. Probably we need a qualifier. So, if your spouse is a, actually, we need two qualifiers. If your spouse mm-hmm. is a general and mature friend, mm-hmm. then you can share yes. that type of.
1: Relationship. Otherwise, yes. Yes. Your house, you need, yes. Your oh, you, yes. You need an accountability partner. Mm-hmm. You know, and I usually like it to be the spouse. So, that's why we need someone who's mature and who's your friend but you need an accountability partner because when you say you can yeah I, I can handle this or the one i hear is i got this you don't got nothing i keep telling people that once you say those are famous last words don't worry i got this next thing you know you're already <laughs> having an affair <laughs> so always find someone you can trust you know that, that's another thing someone you can trust who will not shame you who will not make you regret opening up you know those kind of things find a safe space that you can you know have those conversations and then don't be afraid to to cut people off a lot of people are you know oh my phone was ringing but your hand is not connected to your phone you don't have to pick up your phone you know that you guys are already crossing a certain line and your colleague is calling you at 11 p.m and you know you're already crossing the line then you pick up your phone and you go to the bathroom no you should pick up that phone and put it on speaker where your partner is, so you know that you are, you are you are you are killing something. So I just think people need to be very careful and be honest, brutally honest with yourself.
0: So so Pastor Mill, you are so correct. And you know when I wrote, when I used to keep a column called the Pressure Cooker back back then um, at business business day, somebody wrote me a letter that I published, and she was she talked about anonymously, obviously about a relationship with her colleague. I mean, she was married and it was, I mean, I mean, I read it and I thought, oh my goodness. I mean, I know this is not a faith-based um, mm-hmm. podcast. But I just thought it and I said, we will never praise the enemy, but he really was advanced, you know, mm-hmm. with the logical and technical way. And, you know, so much so that even if I wasn't, you know, mature enough, I could have had some empathy, you know, towards how mm-hmm. she ended up. But what is bad is bad, you know. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what defense, you know. It it comes through. Okay, Pastor Mildred, I have to be respectful and professional so that when I call you next time, <laughs> and I feel like it's also a charge that you can pass on to um, Pastor um, Kingsley, respectfully and on my behalf. So there's a lot that is the working girl is doing, and I see it. Um, Lots of young girls are making investments in their personal development. You know, lots of um, young girls are doing, are, are investing in 360 degrees to grow. So they're growing their spirit, their body, their mind, and their soul. And, you know, sometimes when, you know, I mean, my husband, people would come up to him. People saying he refuses to be involved in any form of a... Coaching you know, or whatever, people will send people to him. And sometimes when I listen to the thing, I'm thinking, but we're suffering immaturity here. We're making a lot of investments, you know, in the boys and in the girls. I beg your pardon. And these are the same guys that these girls are supposed to connect with. There's a gap. Am I the only one that can see it? So, so I think is what are we doing to upskill the guys so that they're ready for the? Because these girls are not to be joked with. There, mm-hmm. the time. You know, questions, the types of, they are fully charged, fully charged working girls. So what's happening with the guys? What are we doing, you know, to to upskill them, to be able to face this powerful girls that we are raising?
1: Okay, so um, I've been shouting about this for years. <laughs> I've had this conversation over and over again with every man that I can find. Every male pastor, every male, anybody that I know, I've been shouting for years. And and I've been telling my husband for as long as I can remember that we're training our girls and handing them over to untrained men. Um, we are... We're putting all the energy in making these women all they should be. But then we're handing them to men who, instead of leading them and becoming becoming a lead over them. Um, so there's a huge gap, like you say, and we can see it. And I think it's even becoming more obvious now because these girls are not to be toyed with. They're going all out to be everything they can be. And it's so sad that what they have to pick from, because as they say, men marry um, who they want women marry who asked that's the truth in these yeah. days women don't really <laughs> women don't really it's not really up to us and even if you ask it a man and say i love you the man says no there's nothing you can do <laughs> so it's really wants you know you get to choose from the the maybe 10, 5 men who want you or three you know whatever so the thing is some work has some work has started with the men there's some yes. underground work on some men, my husband does a lot of men things now with the men and all of that, but I found out something. Men don't learn the way women learn. Uh-huh. And women sit down in the conference and they will learn that way. Most men don't learn that way. They learn more from seeing than from hearing. So they learn right. more from watching other men and they are challenged. So uh-huh. I think that maybe what we can hope for is more men to do great things that these boys, these young boys can follow. Um, and, and after a while I got tired of me talking about it and now I went down to, so I do project boy um, it's okay. a missing for 5 to 12 year old boys, so it's a mentoring program for 5 to 12 year old boys and so okay. we're, we're making them see that there are no limitations, you can be great, you can be everything that you're called to be you can do everything, so they teach them everything everything from um, grooming, self grooming cutting your nails, cutting your hair combing okay. your hair, to, to being you know, being able to take care of yourselves, because in this part of the world they just make it seem like, don't worry, when you meet a wife, she will meet all your needs. You don't have to learn how to cook. You don't make your bed. You don't know. To... So we're teaching everything, because you're a human being. You should have life skills. Cooking is a life skill. <laughs> it's not a woman thing. Being able to make yeah. your bed is a life skill. Being able to sew on your bottom is a life skill. You know, just like swimming, driving, all those things. You should learn everything. So I, after I got tired of shouting and I decided, you know, what? Well, let me go all the way down to five year olds, 12 years. olds. Let's see what we can do from there. So we've started something for them, but I find now that there are a lot more meetings, uh, more, I see, I see a lot of men now doing a lot of things. And um, my husband is doing some things. I see Fela doing, doing something. Qu- quite a few things are going on now, even though I feel like we're a little bit behind, but it's never too late mm-hmm. that we'll see some changes in the coming years
0: i pray so my 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 and it's great that you know in whatever form something is happening because it worries me Mm. and i hear you about life skills my um children are 13 and i think 16 he'll be upset as i can remember but thirteen and 16 (laughs) and you know when i say um let's make food they'll be like i'll be like i just want to assure you that the people in your generation will never cook yeah. for you, even as a joke. So you yeah. better join me. will <laughs> not be happening in this month of some days. And they'll be like, okay, 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 okay. So you are right. It's a life skill. It's not a female, you know, female skill. So, yeah. so Pastor Mel, thank you so much for your authenticity. Thank you so much for the wisdom. I really appreciate it. But you know, I really just want to say also thank you for. One of the programs I was listening out for that you do, that you um, didn't mention, and it's a session that you have for Pastor's Wife. I have a mentor. She's (laughs) the woman of describe who she is, because they'll know her. And she also has a hat for them. And, you know, when when I'm talking to her, I realize that it is a lot of labor. And it is a lot of thankless labor, because people are interested in applauding the man and oftentimes forget the women. So mm-hmm. it's thank you for the recognition. Thank you for the love. Um, in a lot of ways, they are working women as well because they're serving in the church, so serving yeah. and supporting their husbands, And it is great, you know, that you are recognizing another working woman. So it's thank you, Pastor Mildred. I hope oh, that's you. when I call you. Yeah. Now, this was my Nigerian voice. I hope that when I call you, again, <laughs> you respond. But
1: Definitely. thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It was my absolute pleasure. I enjoyed talking to you. Thank you so, so much.
0: (laughs) Thank you. And cheers. Chat to you again. Blessings.